Welcome to Stories I Didn't Get to Tell Last Sunday. Hey, I'm Doug McAllister. This is the Journey Fellowship Church podcast, and today I have with me Pastor Al Charche. I call him A1, and Al, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, PD. Yeah, man, we're excited about hanging out with you for a few minutes today. We're going to tell some stories and have a, have a little laugh or two, and you know, we just want you to uh, kind of sit back and relax and kind of enjoy meeting Pastor Al up close and personal. <laughs> I know you got some really good stories to tell, but I want to start with this one. So yesterday at church, I was talking during the sermon about how people communicate with their hands, and I gave about a dozen examples. Uh, you know, the thumbs up and the peace sign and others, how we, you know, express our feelings, emotions through our fingers. So one of them was, I said, you can even tell somebody off if you select <laughs> the right finger. So I'll let the church use their imagination because, you know, it is a G-rated service. Uh, so on the way home, something happened. I want to open with this story yeah. that we didn't get to tell last Sunday. So tell the story, Al. Yeah. So as the online campus pastor, you think I would be uh, just like really aware of every single word. Hanging on every word. <laughs> pastor Doug says, but yeah, yeah I, I must have been typing to something, something to someone else. or I, I missed that whole part about yeah. whatever one finger that was. You should was. go back and watch it it was amazing i bet so <laughs> yeah so we're leaving church yesterday and um as we we pull out onto poncha train there's a guy on a motorcycle and he's literally riding a wheelie down poncha train and he's sh shooting the bird at the truck next to him you well, know yeah what else would you do so, so I'm, I'm i'm thinking like am i a mad max beyond thunderdome what kind of world are we in <laughs> like this is not a, a normal site this place is collapsing yeah so so jen immediately like the first thing my wife says is uh, i wish i was recording that so i could send it to pastor and i'm like wait <laughs> what <laughs> i wish i would have got to do what you want to you want to send that to pastor? And yeah. she was like, yeah, we were just talking about that That's in the so message. Good. And I was like, yeah, I missed that whole part. But that was by far the last thing I was yeah. expecting I her to say. I wish my pastor could see this. <laughs> I got a message for him. Yeah. So anyway, Jen did send me the text later. She, yeah. she described it to me, and we both had a great laugh over it, you know. Uh, but it was a great illustration as you left church, you know, how people <laughs> communicate with with their with their hands. Yeah, so. you couldn't have scripted that any better. <laughs> I, I just love the idea that he's popping a wheelie wow. on a five-lane boulevard, and he has time to <laughs> flip the guy off next to him. <laughs> he was man, he was happy about it too. <laughs> what a Sunday drive! He was proud of his accomplishments. <laughs> guy is moving up in the world. Yeah, that's a story that I wish I could have told, but uh, you get to hear it. Uh, but anyway, man, so that was a great way to uh, end the Sunday service. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, yesterday sure. was, was really great, man. We had a good time. To, got to talk about a lot of stuff. You know, we're, we're doing a series uh, right now uh, called First Things, and yesterday was Others First. So we're teaching through um, the Sermon on the Mount, and yesterday we focused on the golden rule, you know, where Jesus said, do to others as you would have them do unto you. And if you do so, it, you know, it sums up the law and the prophets. So, you know, the whole Old Testament, you know, it's what, 39 books. Um, you know, I had to stat yesterday, tens of thousands of scriptures and 600,000 words. Jesus was able to um, capture the whole Old Testament in a single sentence. <clears throat> do to others as you'd have them do unto you. And man, it's it's a rough world because most of the world thinks just the opposite. I'll do it to you before right. you get a chance to do it to me. So Christi Christianity is countercultural, yeah, man, to to the core. And Al, uh, for those of you who don't know, he is our online campus pastor. So he literally uh, pastors the people online who join us uh, uh, 
uh, every Sunday. And this has been going on. We we really brought our online campus up to a whole new level at the beginning of the uh, the pandemic. Uh, and Al, Al and, and Cade and so many others who have made this possible for us. And we've had hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of people join us online, probably thousands over the last year. Yeah. You know. Interestingly, I was in Home Depot this weekend and um, I'm looking for a wrench. I was working on my car all weekend long and yeah. I'm trying to find the and right wrench. And that's a story we should tell too. <laughs> I'd rather not relive that moment. <laughs> Yeah. But the, I'm looking for a, a specific wrench, and I hear somebody yell, "Brother Al!" Yeah. And I'm immediately that's you know that's not a regular way that that I'm addressed. Yeah. But I uh, so I turn around and I look, and I, there's a guy who's kind of making his way towards me, and he says, "I, I know you don't know me, uh, but my name's Brian. I watch online." And, I, and immediately when he said his name, wow. yeah, he said his name, and I said, "Oh, hey, how are you?" And he, and he said, "Man." We're doing really well. He said, I'm so thankful for the online campus, thankful for all that you guys are doing. He said, you know, uh, my wife is still dealing, he kind of told me some of the health issues that his wife is still dealing with. And and because of those health issues, he was very thankful that we have the online campus. And, um, and, you know, and for that reason, I'm thankful that we're able to do it too, that it's a a supplemental tool that we have in order to help people who, whether you have a a lingering health issue or whatever the case may be, out of town on vacation. Yeah. You know, I think that may be one of the great unexpected benefits of uh, of the virus was so many churches went online. Mm-hmm. They were kind of forced to do it. And I think we should keep it forever. You know, I don't think it replaces in-person worship, but I think what it does, it becomes an outreach tool or a place to serve those who can't be there in person. So we had somebody brand new in church yesterday and that's how she connected with us. She saw what we were doing actually through celebrate recovery online. Yeah. And, um, so she saw what we were doing online. She sent the church a a Facebook message last week. I communicated with her a little bit, invited her to church on Sunday morning. And uh, she came yesterday morning, got to meet me, my wife and, um, Danielle at guest services um, went to service and then um, I talked to her after service. She said she had a, a, a great day and we're yeah. expecting to see her tonight. Yeah. But that online campus, whether it's Celebrate Recovery live online or whether it's the Sunday morning experience live online, it really yeah. does act as the, the new church foyer. It really does. People man. are able to see who you are and what you're doing right. online. People can check you out without having to come to the building to see if you know this is where God's calling them yeah. to worship. So I'm, I really love it. You know, so Sunday morning we're doing 10 o'clock and then we do a repeat at 6 p.m. And then Monday night we do Celebrate Recovery Live at 6.30 p.m. So it gives us an opportunity not only to minister to people who are there and who are ready to come back in person, but those who are not. But the added element is those who are looking for a church, you know, Uh, At one time, it was radio or television or some other format. Now it's more and more people check you out online before they ever walk through your doors. Yep. You know, so I just appreciate all the work that you do and that Cade does and your teams are Mm -hmm. are working so hard to make that, you know, uh, a high class, a high quality production. You know, Uh, the online sound is top notch. I mean... Uh, when we brought Kate on the team a year ago, you know, uh, at that time we were just had a static camera with one shot <clears throat> and good luck. Yeah. Hope you can watch it now. You know, <laughs> it's fully staffed and you're doing an amazing job making sure that people are connecting with us, 
you know, and I like the way you close it out. The other day I was uh, finishing the sermon. I walked out and I saw playing in the green room, uh, the exit video of mm -hmm. you talking. And I think it just adds a personal touch right. to let people know that we care. Yeah. And, and, and that's, interested and that's in like the, so the guy who came up to me at Home Depot, Brian, you know, that's, that's what he said. I know you don't know me because he sees my face. Um, he sees the video and he's, right. you know, and, and that is kind of the, sometimes it could be a little awkward for me because there are so many people who feel like they know. I had a, yeah. I had a, a voicemail yesterday. Uh, Karen sent me a, a text after church and it was a voicemail message. And it was a guy, he said, hi, my name is Steven looking for a pastor Al Sharche. Wow. Um, this is my number. Can he call me back at some point? And, but he was First of all, he pronounced my last name correctly. Wow. So I was like, okay. That's impressive. Because very few people ever do that. It yeah. took me a year. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, wait a minute. I yeah. must know this guy. And I, yeah. listened, I listened to that message probably 10 times. And I'm like, I must have met him at some place. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still haven't. Uh, I called him twice. He didn't answer. I texted him. And uh, we'll see what happens. I'm expecting yeah. to get in touch but with him But he today. probably got connected through. Right. Yeah. So many people are, are, are getting connected online in that capacity. And, you know, that's a major part of, of what what I do, not just at Journey, but whether it's for Celebrate Recovery online, the pandemic forced us to do that, yeah. Sunday morning experience <laughs> online, and then of course through Bridges Christian College, which is yeah. all online as yeah. well. Right. Um, online is, I mean, yeah. it's it's a regular part of life now. If we're not doing ministry online in some capacity, yeah. if we're not making disciples, if we're not reaching the lost, if we're not participating in building or advancing the kingdom online, yeah. and I just think that we're, we're really missing out on what God's trying to do in this generation. Yeah, you know, I grew up uh, in the 70s. I'm a baby boomer. I was the end of the baby boomers. And I remember when the interstates, and this really dates me were opening you know and my dad came home from work one day he worked in baton rouge and we lived in albany louisiana he had about an hour commute through uh through us 190 he came home and we were sitting on the front porch and he said i'm really excited because next week the interstate opens i never even heard the word interstate i was i was 11 or 12 it's like amusement park yeah it's like what is an interstate he said well it's going to be a and my dad explained it to me the interstate is is a road that travels between major cities with no stop signs, no uh, traffic lights, and um, easy on and off. And he said, it's gonna make my, my commute just probably 30 minutes. And I remember when it opened, he took us on the interstate, and it was just such a wonderful thing. Well, what the interstate was to my generation, the internet is to this generation, mm -hmm. except it's probably uh, a million times more influential, right. you know? Uh, because like you said, if you don't have a presence on the internet, and that's where most of the people are, billions of people. I, I read a, a couple of estimates that 2 billion people went to church last Easter mm -hmm. online. Yep. That, that's astounding. Yep. You know, I don't know if it's true or not. I, I had nothing to back it up other than I've heard the talk, but it's plausible right. you know, because that many people are wired. You know, And just think, this pandemic, which I think the enemy has used for so much evil in the world, also may turn out to be... Uh, a huge blessing because it drove the church, you know, to have an online yeah. online presence. Yeah, yeah I, I think the pandemic was absolutely a um, just an opportunity for the kingdom to continue to advance. So for so many churches, um, you know, we were kind of caught off guard, I think, to some extent. You don't know what to do and you're yeah. all trying to figure it out as you right. go along. 
but it, it does, I don't think it takes long for those of us who are really kingdom-minded to know, hey, this is an opportunity to reach the lost. This is an opportunity to pray for the sick. This is an opportunity to walk and to live by faith. Yeah. And during that whole process of the pandemic, um, I really believe that there was a bit of a shaking yeah. in the kingdom that occurred. Absolutely. And some have kind of fallen to one side or the other, but it strengthened the resolve of so many more. Yeah. We recognized very quickly what's really important. Yeah. And um, so, you know, when I look back over the, the course of this, this last year, roughly, um, you know, there are lots of different things that are happening and going on in the world and lots of things that we would classify as being valuable. But when something that is literally worldwide begins to, to take place, um, it very quickly helps, and especially in the light of people getting sick and things like that. You begin the, to, to really judge what's valuable and what isn't valuable. What do I need to focus on and what shouldn't I focus on? And I think the pandemic definitely helped align the church back towards its mission. Yeah. You know, let's not get caught off guard. Let's not move to the left or to the right, but let's stay focused on reaching the lost yeah. and making disciples. Yeah, that's so true. Alvin, trying to stay true to the mission, you know, was our greatest focus uh, when this all started. Of course, we didn't know what was going on. Like everybody else, you know, uh, everything was normal one day and the next day they were closing the world, you know. So we didn't know exactly what to expect, but we did. We do know that uh, we had to take care of the people in our church. So you know, we focused on the online campus and devoted a lot of resources and energy and time. And uh, but also we know also also we know that ministry eventually has to happen in person and one on one uh, and in the context of relationships. Uh, so we are, we're always battling to try to find the balance, you know, to uh, create a place where people could stay connected online. Those who had real health concerns or issues that, that needed to uh, quarantine or, you know, even the stay-at-home water, which lasted for, for months, you know. Uh, but also in our hearts as pastors, we knew that we know that, you know, ministry has to be uh, personal and real. So we were trying to find that balance, you know. So we, we never really closed the church. In fact, our staff never missed a Sunday, even during the height of the stay-at-home order. Uh, we didn't make a big deal of it. We didn't. We weren't trying to make a political statement. We wanted to be there if our people needed us, yeah. and we were, Amen. you know. And uh, eventually, in uh, at the end of the summer of 2020, uh, our people started coming back. Uh, First as a trickle, then as a wave, and then eventually as a flood, you know, and then by Easter, Easter weekend, there was over a thousand people that came in person, and plus that many online, uh, so we, we've seen the transition, but it just reminded us that uh, the core principle, I think, in the kingdom of God is every person is responsible for their own decisions. And we try to honor that, you know. We try to honor that principle of free will, you know, which is at the core of creation, you know. So we never made mask mandatory. Uh, we were mask friendly, and we still are. You're welcome to come to Journey. You can wear a mask or you don't have to, you know. And now the CDC uh, has even rescinded that, saying if you're vaccinated, then you don't need a mask, which seems to be common sense anyway, but not scientists at CDC aren't always, you know, uh, make a lot of common sense. Uh, so 
but we held on to that principle, you know, uh, through dark times and better times that people get to make their own choices, you know. But in the end, we uh, are committed to offer ministry. And there's a, there's a segment of our congregation that needs more personal contact than others. And that was really our concern was those who were fighting, uh, you know, addictions or those who were just coming out of life controlling problems. Uh, we couldn't abandon them for months on end or we knew the enemy would drag them back into darkness. And that's one of the great uh, stories of Celebrate Recovery is how much you guys have done yeah. in spite of the you know, political climate that you you guys have remained open and continue to serve, yeah. you know, that, that part of our yeah. congregation. So, you know, with this whole pandemic thing, I think one of the, the uh, statistics that is beginning to come to light, and I don't know the exact number, but one of right. the, the realities of this thing, the unfortunate results, you know, obviously many people were sick and um, some were hospitalized. And of course, even others have lost their lives in the midst of this thing. Right. But uh, 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 you know, a massive number of people have relapsed back into addiction. A massive number of people have dealt with depression and grief and a sense of loss just from being disconnected from friends and family members and, of course, their church. Yeah. And um, so this whole process for individuals that celebrate, you know, we had started Celebrate Recovery three and a half years ago, I believe now. And uh, when this pandemic hit, you know, we're two and a half years roughly into this process of building this, what we call a community of grace. So we're two and a half years into building this community of grace and this pandemic hits. You can't just walk away with 75 people who are, who are in that sphere of influence. Yeah. We can't just abandon them. We can't just walk away from them. I mean, my heart breaks just even thinking about yeah. having influence in that many people's lives that we're trying to help make this transition from darkness into light. And then to think that because the government says something, I'm going to abandon them. And no longer take care of them. Yeah, like that. That's yeah. that's. It's an impossibility to me. We couldn't do that with a good conscience. We have to say our commitment first is to the gospel, period, and to the people that are following Jesus. That's our first commitment, you know. And I understand the argument where people are dying from uh, the virus, and I know that's true, and I know the virus is is real, and no one's denying that. But we also believe that people are dying. Mm -hmm. From other causes, people are people are all all of us are going to die, and right now people are dying in their sin, and may not go to heaven, may yeah. not may not make it to the kingdom of God. Which to me, I, I I can't sleep at night knowing that I've abandoned my my post, you know. And I think the document that really influenced my decision is we read uh, something. Uh, that Martin Luther wrote uh, during uh, the plague that he lived through right. in Western Europe, you know, and which was much more deadly yep. and lasted much longer than yep. what we did. You know, uh, this virus had a 99.7% recovery rate, you know, where the plague that he lived through, the, the death toll was in the, you know, the untold millions. And he even said, um, I can't abandon my post in ministry, you know, even if it cost me my life, mm -hmm. you know, and that's a pretty pretty severe uh, commitment to make when it, you know, it, it involves your life, right. you know. So we wrestled with that, and we didn't want to judge anybody. We didn't want to put our, our, you know, our responsibility on other people, but we also wanted to be committed to the work of the gospel and to the local church and to the people that we were helping to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So talk a little bit about 
uh, Celebrate Recovery, what time you meet, where, and yeah. kind of what happens? Yeah, so Celebrate Recovery, we would say that we're a community of grace. And as a community of grace, we, I mean, uh, formally, we are a Christ-centered 12-step recovery program. But informally, I think we're just a community of, of grace. We are a, a group of like-minded individuals. Many of us have had, you know, hurts, habits, and hang-ups of the past. I think everybody in the church, everybody in the world, frankly, yeah. has a quote-unquote hurt, habit, it, or hang-up. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. So what we do at Celebrate Recovery is really try to help individuals to live and to walk in the freedom that God has designed and desires for each and every one of us to live in. And um, what I found is for most of us that um, the pain of our past is what hinders us from moving forward into our purpose. Yeah. So God is God has done His part of the the equation. He's done His the most important part, obviously providing Jesus, yeah. um, and you know, and, and through the sacrifice of the Son, each and every one of us are counted worthy, not because of our good works, but because of God's grace and the faith that we have yeah. in His Son. But even though we're born again in an instant, that happens in, in a moment, um, there's still the process of learning to overcome our, our flesh, the process of renewing our minds. And really, that's what I, the way that I view Celebrate Recovery, that we're helping individuals to be freed from the pain of their past, whether it's addictions, whether it's emotional hurts, whether it's... Um, uh, you know, just a faulty worldview. Some people get stuck with the worldview issue. Um, you know, life is never going to change. I'm always going to live in this trailer. I'm never going to, there's nothing against trailers. I used to live in one myself. The point is we get stuck in this mindset that we're never going to get, things are never going to change. And it's almost a sense of hopelessness. Yeah. And it's, it's counterintuitive to what the gospel actually is. Yeah. And Celebrate Recovery really exists. It casts a very wide net over any of those things. Yeah. So we meet every Monday at 6.30. We wrap it up around 8.30, 8.45, right at the church. And um, Celebrate Recovery every Monday is a... I like to think of it as a, as the top of a funnel. Yeah. Monday night, we want everybody to come. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what issue. We, we, we have had individuals come who were still drunk. Yeah. I would prefer you to be sober. <laughs> if we have a choice. If I, if I have any say-so <laughs> in it, yeah, I would prefer you to be sober so you can fully grasp. Yeah. But if God's tugging on your heart and you're loaded, walk on in. We yeah. want you. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, we want you to be there. Right. But um, So we would, I would think about it as the top of a funnel. We want to funnel as many people as possible in there on a Monday night. And on Monday night, we're going to do worship. We have live worship. We'll celebrate what God is doing in the lives of those who regularly attend through handing out chips. Um, and then I'll do a brief teaching or a testimony. And we work our way through the 12 steps. And I, I kind of give a, a general surface level teaching, if you will, on Monday nights um, as we work, walk through that Christ-centered 12-step process. And then from there, we break into small groups. Yeah. We have women's groups. We have a women's life group, a women's addiction group, and then a women's abuse group. And I'm, it's kind of sad, but at the same time, I'm happy we have it. Yeah. We, we've, what we found was a lot of women who are dealing with addiction, a lot of women who are dealing with grief or loss or depression, a whole host of issues. It's just, it is what it is. In our culture today, a lot of women are dealing with abuse, yeah. whether that's sexual abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse. Yeah. So we launched that abuse group um, probably two years ago now, and um, unfortunately, it's one of our larger groups. Yeah. I'm thankful that we have it, but it, it is an unfortunate 
you know, reality that it's one of our larger groups. So if you're struggling with a hurt habit or hang up like we are, then you probably want to come to our community of grace Monday nights at 630 at journey. And we want to just help you to get from where you are to where God's taking you. So I love what you uh, are doing. Yeah. Uh, a one with uh, celebrate recovery. And another big thing that you're doing that I'm very excited about is that we're launching a brand new university <laughs> and you are playing a key role in that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about bridges Christian college and what your role is and a little bit about forming a new university. Yeah, so Bridges Christian College is, you know, this this doesn't fall on me by any stretch of the imaginations. I'm but one little cog in the, this grand machine. But the school was started, you know, over a dozen years ago and uh, by Dr. Rakes. And that school was started f for the primary purpose of helping individuals have um, the same quality level theological academic education um, without the crippling student loan debt. Right. So that's been at the core of the school since it was begun over a dozen years ago. And uh, over these dozen or so years, as the school has continued to grow, uh, one, that um, core um, ideology, if you will, philosophy has stayed true to the school, yeah. that we want to help individuals have a, uh, a quality theological education without all of the crippling student loan debt. So Dr. Miller, who um, was instrumental in my own life, you yeah. know, when I... And mine. Yeah. yeah. I, so I came home from the home of grace. I, I went in. I was a heroin addict, <laughs> got saved by the grace of God, went into rehab. And while I was in rehab, the Lord began speaking very clearly to me that I was to walk away from everything in my past, not just my um, job or the career that I had. Um, uh, not just the, the drugs or the alcohol and all those sorts of things, but God truly had a, a different trajectory for me to, to go on. And uh, when I came out, I talked with you and, um, and Pastor Ken. You guys introduced me to Dr. Miller, who at that time was the chief academic officer for a different Bible college. And uh, I remember I talked with Dr. Miller. I sat down with him, and I was only sober. I, I do not advise this. <laughs> but I was sober for about six months. You were on the fast track, man. Yeah, I was yeah. sober for like six months. Yeah. And, uh, and I, 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 I just shared my story with Dr. Miller. I said I was addicted to drugs. The Lord saved me. He set me free. He's got a calling on my life, and I believe I'm supposed to use my story to help other people. And uh, after we talked for a little while, I said, I don't have any money. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a computer. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I got my GED in 1994. I right. like, I have no formal education or anything of the sort, but I have a call of God in my life. There you go. And Dr. Miller believed in me then. And, um, and that began the journey to help me get my bachelor's degree with a, a different school. And what I learned back then is still applicable today. And what I realized was, you know, when I was in rehab, I began to ask the Lord, like, what am I going to do? How do I get prepared? Yeah. How do I get from where I am to where you want me to be? And I think what I learned back then was that when I, I didn't have, I didn't have the money. I didn't have a computer. I didn't have the education. I didn't have all those things. But as I said, I had a call of God in my life. Yeah. And when I made myself available to God, He made the things I needed accessible. Mm -hmm. And I found that principle to be true okay. so many times over these last dozen and a half years that I've been serving the Lord, yeah. that if I just make myself available to Him, the things that I need, He'll, he'll, he'll make accessible to me. Yeah. So that particular Bible college was accessible to me. It was right there when I came out of the home of grace, yeah. and it was what I needed. 
Um, unfortunately, what I didn't need was the student loan debt that came along with that. <laughs> and I think any of us who have gone through uh, Bible college or any higher education, you know, that's, a, that's an unfortunate result of the society that we're in. We find yeah. ourselves with this um, student loan debt. That the cost of higher education has unfortunately gone through the roof. Yeah. So Dr. Miller now, as the president of Bridges Christian College, um, through the lessons he's learned in the past, working for and being affiliated with other schools, and um, and just in the core DNA of who Bridges is, as it was started by Dr. Rakes, yeah. um, we're launching and have been launching that same quality level of education, yeah. but with no student loan debt. So we've been working for, um, I don't know, a few years now through this process of accreditation with the uh, federal government. And um, I'm excited to say that Bridges Christian College has reached that next level of accreditation where we're finally able to offer Pell Grants to students. So Bridges will never offer financial aid. Literally, it's not, it's, it, we will not allow it to happen. Yeah. So any student who tries to apply for financial aid won't even see the, but it won't even be an option for them when or they loans. go, when they, correct. Yeah, right. Pell Grants and financial aid loans are two different things. Exactly. So we don't want, we are, students won't even have an opportunity to do that, but they will have an opportunity to use Pell Grants. Yeah. And um, if for some reason you don't apply or you don't um, qualify for a Pell Grant, the way that we operate is um, by traveling and speaking and raising funds. And we have church partnerships. Journey is graciously uh, one of these church partnerships. And we've got about a dozen or so others who give financially to help offset the student loan cost. So students um, are reaping all the benefits. None of us are earning a salary for doing what we're doing. We're literally living and working as missionaries, yeah. helping to provide a quality education to students so they don't um, have to have that, that yeah. student loan debt. So you know we want students to use Pell Grants um, in order to help pay the bills that the school has. Yeah. Um, but if you can't use the Pell Grant for whatever purpose or reason, the school, you know, I think we're charging $200 a semester right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. $200 gives you a little bit of a buy-in, a little bit of skin yeah. in the game, and then the rest of the cost is offset by church donations. We would call it a, a scholarship that we provide. So, and with that, a person can earn a fully accredited Bible college degree and walk away with no student debt. So how does a person get connected with Bridges? Sure. BridgesChristianCollege.com is the simplest and the easiest way to do that. Um, once you go to the website, you'll see all of the information about who we are and how to get plugged in. And of course, if you're a member at Journey, um, you can just grab me any Sunday. Yeah. You know. So officially, I'm the VP of College Advancement. I mean, it sounds pretty Man. fancy, right? Dude, that's pretty sweet. That's who I am. VP the of VP College Advancement. College Advancement. Right there. Yeah. yeah. So if you see me walking around, you want to know a little more information, we do have info set up at guest services and at the cafe as well. We've yeah. got brochures and different things like that that are available, but by far the simplest and easiest way yeah. is at bridgeschristiancollege.com. We believe if you're called to ministry that you need to prepare yourself, and the best way to do it if you're uh, interested in Bible college is uh, to stay debt-free to get a quality education and prepare for a life of ministry. And we can help you do that, uh, bridgeschristiancollege.com. And we love what God is doing uh, through 
uh, that wonderful school, and we're glad to be a part of it amen. and journey. So Yeah, amen. And let me just say, I'm thankful to you, Pastor, because I know a lot of the, the time that I spend investing in bridges and helping bridges, I'm, I'm afforded that luxury by yeah. you. And, you know, yeah. as my pastor, I appreciate that, but also as my boss. Yeah, well, <laughs> we believe the in time it. to do that. So We believe in it because I know Dr. Miller, we believe in his vision. We believe in uh, the vision of the school and justice and all the other people who work so hard uh who give of their time yeah you know and they are building this school you know it's going yeah. to change a generation you know big education is making itself obsolete mm -hmm. they're pricing themselves out of existence you know uh, what was once affordable even a state college you know has has changed the dynamic so much that People who are normal, who have, you know, middle income lifestyles can't afford to go to school anymore right. unless they rack up tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And then you spend the next 30 years paying the government back for uh, an overpriced education. Mm -hmm. And we can offer the same education, same quality uh, taught by, uh, you know, men and women who have earned master's degrees, PhDs, doctors all of his online base would have to support a campus or pay for buildings or exorbitant salaries or $300 textbooks. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get a quality education and get trained for ministry, you know, and we keep uh, that as one of our core values. You know, I think the, the last thing I would mention about that is, um, you know, with all that's going on in the world today, as we see many of our personal freedoms and liberties, you know, eroding before our eyes and being taken away, if for some reason things in the future were to change where um, the government were to try and impose certain um, restrictions upon Christian yeah. education, yeah. we at Bridges are set up in such a way yeah. that we're not dependent upon the government for yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure that people are still able to get that same quality theological education yeah. and the practical hands-on ministry experience that's right. needed in order to, to build the kingdom of God. Yeah. But regardless of what the government ever does, yeah. regardless of what they say, we're going to stay true to our conservative principles. We're going to stay true to our um, Pentecostal perspective, our spirit-filled perspective. And um, those things will never change. We want to make sure that students continue to build their lives upon the solid rock, the Word of God, that that rock is not going to move, yeah. um, that we will not be woke, we will not be swayed, we will not be pushed to the left or the right as right. culture continues to shift right. or to move. And right. we'll continue to accomplish the goal that God has set before us. Yeah, one of the things that concerns me about education is this Harvard-created um, product from the 70s called Critical Race Theory, which I believe the intention of this theory is to divide people by their race and to cause us to lose the unity of our, our nation. Uh, we're going to make sure that's never part of what we do 100%. at Bridges you know, just because we know that God doesn't judge a person by their skin color. He looks at the heart and we're going to stay true to that. You know, Amen. we're going to stay true to we judge a person uh, by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. You know, because all, there's only one race mm -hmm. mentioned in the Bible, only one, and that is the human race. Yeah. And we're going to hang on to God's word and all of us, all men. All women are created equal before God. And, you know, and we want education to be available uh, at a, an affordable price without political wedges that 
control people's you know thoughts and their actions so people can live their life according to the word of god and according to their own conscience and follow jesus you know without being forced to adopt you know some anti-biblical belief system i think when we keep the main thing the main thing when yeah. we when we're all in you know sometimes we as even as the church i think we can kind of get off um, track when we try to work on unity um, for unity's sake. And, and the image in my mind is always one of, like, if I want us to be unified, I'm not going to focus on you or Luis or Kate or, or whatever. I'm going to focus on Jesus. Yeah. And if you focus on Jesus, right. and if Luis focuses on Jesus, we all naturally become one. Yeah. We're unified one. We're not, I'm not right. focused on the concept of unity, right. but I'm focused on the person of yeah. Jesus. Yeah. He's yeah. the way. He's yeah. the truth. He's Our the unity life. is in Christ Amen. alone. Amen. You know, and we want to keep that the main thing. Right. Man, I've enjoyed talking to you today, Alvin. What a wonderful morning we've had together. What a wonderful day we've had together. And we're excited about uh, all the stuff that's going on at Journey. Uh, if you want to know more about us, journeyfellowshipchurch.com. Uh, you can also go to uh, your app store and download the Journey app. Uh, be sure and type in the search bar, Journey Fellowship Church. And you can download our app. It's absolutely compliments of Journey. It's loaded with resources, past message series, how to find a small group, get connected, lots of other benefits on the app that you can take advantage of. Get connected with us here at Journey in person. We are in Slido, Louisiana on Pontchartrain Drive. Uh, we would love to get to know you and walk together with you as we all become fully devoted followers of Jesus. So, this is Doug McAllister and Al Sharche from uh, Journey Fellowship Church, <laughs> and we are uh, telling stories I didn't get to tell last Sunday, our new podcast. So great to spend a few minutes with you, and we hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time. Amen.